Welcome to the Sassy Soul Sisters Podcast. My name is Heather, and I'm a psychic medium, teacher, and intuitive healer. My name is Cody, and I'm a body-mind coach, massage therapist, and intuitive. We are here to empower you on a healing journey, whether it's your first step or your 800th step. Healing is a practice, not a destination. Join us as we dive into all kinds of topics in a sassy and soulful way. Picture this. You're standing in front of your bathroom mirror, and you know you have so much to be thankful for. But once again, there's this empty feeling. You've been telling everyone you're fine, and from the outside, all looks good. You are paying your mortgage, running kids to activities, good marriage, eating well, but you don't feel joyful. And you're ready finally to say no to being on autopilot. No to feeling like crap inside or feeling nothing. You're finally ready to say no and to find joy again. So let's talk about how to find joy again. Hi, my name is Heather. I'm sorry, my name is Cody. <laughs> did you become me for a moment? I did for a moment. <laughs> and I'm Heather. <laughs> And we are the Sassy Soul Sisters. And today we are really holding a space of gentleness as we talk about what does it look like, feel like, and sound like to find your joy again. And even to some degree, what is joy? We want to honor how overwhelming feeling empty can be. And we want to honor that we are all spiritual beings truly having a human emotional experience on this planet right now in this life. Plus, we live in societies that don't give us tools to understand what our emotions are or even why they show up. Let alone how to have emotional intelligence with how to actually breathe with them, process them, uh, not hold on to them, let them move through us, all of those things. We live in a society that says crying is bad. Or any emotion really yeah. is bad. Any emotion yep. other than happiness yes. is bad. And that is something that we are actually going to talk about in today's episode is there is a very big difference between a deep sense of joy or what I like to refer to as sacred joy and happiness. Um, because happiness is kind of like the lipstick, but joy is the underlying confidence, if you will. <laughs> uh, so for me, they are very, very different things. So let's dive in and talk about what is emptiness. Because somebody might be listening today and they're thinking, uh, okay, I kind of... Kind of maybe I feel empty. I'm not I'm not sure though. Yeah. And other people really know. And sometimes like I didn't think that I felt empty until one day I realized I was feeling numb. And That's a good way to put it. That was for me the realization that sometimes when I don't want to feel something, I push it so far away. I almost feel numb, so much so that I'm pushing away all of what I'm feeling, even the good. So do you feel like when you feel that numbness, that the numbness then like kind of leaks out into other parts where then other stuff starts to numb? Yep, absolutely. Where like things that normally brought me joy just don't really hold anything or... Mm -hmm. And that's that feeling that we're kind of talking about a little bit of, of emptiness, Um it can also manifest as loneliness, you know, mm -hmm. feeling, there's a difference with feeling loneliness and feeling alone or wanting to be alone. You know, sometimes I want to be alone and Same. it's not because I feel lonely, but there's sometimes I can be in a room full of people and feel, feel loneliness. And so we'll talk about loneliness can come from maybe you experienced a large look. A loss in your life maybe somebody has passed on to their next life or there was a huge life change maybe you moved to a new city mm -hmm. or you're not feeling heard or seen in your relationships yep. or your friendships mm -hmm. so that's one way that emptiness can show up 
emptiness can also show up in confusion. So you feel confused all the time and conflicted. I'll use that word too, that you feel like you should be happy, but you're not. You feel like you're in the perfect job, but you don't know. You So you're constantly conflicted, constantly confused on, is this where I'm supposed to be at? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And you're not feeling that fulfillment. Right? Yeah, I also hear in that, like, sometimes you can feel that that feeling of a lack of direction. Um, and sometimes that can at times, you know, lead to a little anxiety, right? Yep. You know, lack of direction, not knowing what to say or do or where to go. Um, but that confusion ca- can manifest in some different ways. And that can all be a part of that that overall feeling of just kind of empty, like I don't, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like the little little birds in the movie. I don't know. I'm gonna make some analogy. That everybody's gonna go, what, Heather? <laughs> I think <laughs> all these little birds are like, huh, 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 what, huh? huh? I don't know. That's what I came up with. No, no, I think you were thinking of Finding Nemo, and then they're like, mine, mine, mine. Oh, yeah, it is Finding Nemo. That's it. Except it's more confusion and not mine. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And also lack of motivation, you know, like you don't you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or you don't know the direction or you don't have the drive or you, you the things that you feel like should motivate you are not motivating you. And that can tie into a lot of different things. You know, even with human design, I've talked about human design before I do do readings and stuff, but human design will sometimes show us that, you know, maybe success is not your motivator. Maybe satisfaction is your motivator. So, you know, trying to always accomplish something, it isn't, it's not going to serve you in the long run. Right. And and that's part of what we're going to talk about today too, is that sometimes when we feel the most empty is when we're not following our life path, the way that we should be looking at it. We're following a societal view where society's saying that success is going to make us happy, right? But instead, it's something completely different. It's not in alignment. It's kind of like I did a vi- I did a video uh, about following, you know, finding your own way. And somebody commented that they they just want to find the most efficient way to do something and then do it that way. And I kind of responded with another video, like, "This is a great comment, except." how are you defining efficiency? If it's time efficiency, one route from point A to point B will be great. But if it's fuel efficiency, that same route from point A to point B might not be the most fuel efficient. So that's what we're talking about. And like, if you're feeling empty, maybe you're following the direction of something that is not aligned for you. Or maybe you were also feeling emotions of other people, other situations, and it can feel like a hopelessness, like a tidal wave is kind of pulling you under and you start to come above water and then other life events that are totally normal, life stuff happens, they push you back down or what it feels like back down. Yeah, and like, you know, all of 2020. <laughs> flashback to 2020, as a whole world, we felt a sense of that hopelessness and dread and Well, and just like like things constantly, constantly constantly coming up, constantly changing, constant worst case scenario. How do you find joy in those places? So a part of this, you know, are you feeling empty? Are you struggling with some of those things? It's cultivating a deeper seat or seed of joy in your life. But what does that look like? Because it's not, you know, positive washing something. Um, absolutely. Because positive washing doesn't, doesn't, it, it doesn't honor what is truly being felt. And joy doesn't ask you true sacred joy. And this is why we wanted to bring this up. And this is why our whole focus for this month is on joy. We wanted to bring to the awareness and the attention that you can experience all of life in all of its ups and downs, all of its kaleidoscope of emotions, and you can still have joy. And joy doesn't have to be happiness. You also don't have to feel bad for finding and having joy in the midst of hard times. Absolutely not. Abs- yes, agreed, 100%. We, we often... Um, 
live in a society that tells us, you know, well, when you're down, you should be down. Don't be happy. Or, you know, there's always something to be afraid of. I think our society and our culture, especially here in in the U.S., really shoves it down your throat. There's a perfect movie, if you want to see a cartoon movie, it's called The Croods. And it's about um, cave people (laughs) and about how they survived for so long. And so I think ingrained in our humanness is this sense of fear, right? And in this movie, it talks this family about, well, we knew the Smiths. They got eaten by a dinosaur, and we so we learned dinosaurs bad, and then they learned fire bad, and lightning bad, and um, eating weird things bad, and so they stayed in this cave, and then they had to overcome their fears to come out of the cave, yep. and, to, and had to face their fears, yep. because there's always going to be stuff in life that's scary, or that's fearful, or we want to learn from. And I think a part of, you know looking at joy within all of this is understanding that joy can be woven into all of these other emotions, you know, and our emotions are really showing up for us. It's us. We get to decide or we get to kind of explore why are they showing up and why are they showing up for us? What are they really teaching us and giving us? So we're really glad to really dive into um, what joy is. And so I think both of us are really going to talk about joy from our own perspectives, how we have dealt with huge challenges and upheavals in our life and still held onto, consciously yeah. cultivated um, the, the experience of joy. And so where do you want to begin? You want me to begin? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that I definitely grew up in a culture where um, you happiness wash everything. Positive, 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 right? Positive, positive, positive. Everybody be positive. Positive pants, and let's go to work. Let's get thing done. Not all of that's bad, but what I didn't learn in that growing up is that my emotions are valid. My emotions are reasonable um, and that I can let, I can have an emotion for a moment, let it flow through my body and then move on with my day, move out of my fear. So when I was, you know, washing everything over, I, with positivity, um, I wasn't facing those things. I was stuffing them. So part of finding my joy was learning how to unstuff all of my emotions, which doesn't really sound like that's how That's joyful, but in a way it is because there's a deep joy in healing. Yes. And I also come with a background of addiction. So let's talk about what we thought joy was. (laughs) We thought joy was at the bottom of a bottle or in a bag of drugs or you name it with that culture. Um, But it would, we, we know drugs and alcohol will leave you feeling empty. And so emptiness for me really some of the first times that I would feel that in my life were, you know, after some pretty hard alcohol and drug use. And I had to, through recovery, I really found the true meaning of joy. Because for me, joy is being able to stay in the present moment, even when things are crap. Mm -hmm. So two hours ago might've been bad, but right now is great. Because in recovery, they teach us, is this a 10-minute problem? Is this a one-day problem? A 10-day problem? 10-month problem? And we look at it in that aspect. And a lot of times, the things that we fear and those problems may be just a one-day problem or a few-hour problem. Or we can figure it out over the course of time. But we can stay anchored in joy in the present moment for being alive. And so I really dove into, with Cody when she was my life coach, with my sponsor in AA, really dove into joy and sitting in in what that felt like and what that looked like. Yeah. And it looked way different than any life I had ever planned for myself before. It looked like things that I had run from (laughs) because they were uncomfortable because I had lived many, many years into my 30s in a life of chaos. And chaos was what I thought I thrived on. 
I didn't know what joy felt like. And when I did feel true, deep down joy, it felt weird. Yeah. And so I had to get used to that feeling of joy. Yeah, it feels almost uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, because it's a new, it, it's, an, it, it's a new shift in reality. So for me, joy feels like peace. Joy feels like ease and support. Mm. Those are, that's what joy feels like for me. So I'll tell you my journey with joy. Um, the discovery of sacred joy in my life actually came through one of the more sad periods. Um, in 2019, uh, February of 2019, my mom passed away. And it came after my father had passed away and I was getting ready to get married in May. And my mom was going to walk me down the aisle because my dad had passed away and he originally was going to. And so I then was kind of looking at, you know, there wasn't anyone to walk me down the aisle. And my mom, who had been one of my biggest cheerleaders and a biggest support and also my biggest soul cosmic lesson, <laughs> um, our relationship had been a lot of things. You know, we had challenged each other, hurt each other, loved each other deeply. We'd been best friends and worst enemies all wrapped up into one. Um, and she'd passed away. And she'd passed away after, uh, it was kind of like unexpected, not unexpected. She had had a lot of health um, issues prior. She'd struggled with a lot of physical pain in her life, especially the last few years. She had a lot of chronic pain issues. And I experienced this really beautiful breath of emotion. And I say breath because it was wide and deep. And I had, was very thankful that up until that point, the way in which the universe had prepared me to receive that experience was profound. I had actually been going through, I was finishing a year-long experience um, of becoming a body-mind coach. And so working with the body and experiencing the emotions as an embodied experience, as a body somatic sensation, um, I had come off of three, four years of being a student and teacher at the School of Metaphysics. So I learned a lot through, you know, meditative states and prayer and connecting beyond the veil and, you know, thought as cause and some really powerful things on that end. And so I really came to this place when she passed. It was almost like it all collided at once because everything I had been learning up until that point led to this experience. And what I remember truly experiencing as sacred joy was feeling everything and not holding any of it back. Feeling the hurt and the anger, the anger that my, you know, my mom wasn't with me anymore and she wouldn't be able to walk me down the aisle and she'd never, you know, neither of my parents would be able to see any kids I might have. And still that affects me. And I still hold it dear and I still allow myself to feel it. But I also had hurt and anger because we had in like the end of January just argued about something and she had hurt my feelings very deeply and I was trying to figure out how to come to a place of peace about it. And we weren't entirely at a peace, place of peace. We were at a place of forgiveness, but not quite a place of peace. But I also was really happy. I was happy that she wasn't in pain anymore. I was happy that she didn't have to live in that place. And I was also grieving. Um, and I was grieving because of how deeply I loved her and how much she taught me and how much she gave to me and what I, the depths of what I received in our relationship, both from the beauty and the blunders <laughs> on both sides. And I remember having this experience of, I happened to have this old, like one of those like funny kaleidoscopes where you look out one end and you like move around the world and it shows you these beautiful kaleidoscope colors and movement of like light and bright and beautiful. And I remember it was a gift from my mom when I was a kid. And what was funny was I remember looking through it and being like, this basically sums up how I feel my emotions is I'm feeling them all at once, sometimes greater, sometimes lesser. In some moments I'm angry and frustrated and 
pissed off and mad that she left so soon or that she didn't take better care of herself. And the next moment I'm like, you know, I have a heart that just is breaking because I love her so much and I miss her. And then other times it's, you know, laughing at a silly thing she did and like a Marianism, you know, just a funny thing she did. And I'm falling in love with her all over again. And it was all happening oftentimes at once or different portions of it. And it felt like a, a, this beautiful kaleidoscope. And I remember having this moment where I stepped back enough to see the kaleidoscope of my emotions. And I fell in love with the kaleidoscope. And I was joyous of the kaleidoscope. I was joyous. I was feeling it all. I was joyous. I was experiencing it all. I was joyous that I wasn't holding any part of myself back from the experience of life. And in it, I experienced this incredible magical depth of what life is and what death gives us, which is an incredible experience of what life is. It's like we don't truly know what living is until we've experienced death, whether it's the death of ourself or the death of a loved one. And in that, for me, was so much sacred joy of just being grateful and honoring and being almost in reverence of the experience as a whole. Reverence is a good word. It was very, very, a lot of reverence. So I think for me, when I think about joy, you know, it, it wasn't perfectly happy. In fact, I was angry and pissed off and sad and grieving and heartbroken and crying and laughing all in the same sentence. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, joy is a surrender into the magic and the wonder of what life is. And it's a reverence. It's having reverence, experiencing a deep um, vibration of reverence of life. And that's very different than happiness because you can have that level. I, that was the moment I realized that I could experience joy even in the ugly. And yes. sometimes, and this is what I really learned in that experience, it is the ugly and the beautiful smashing together like the waves upon the rock that become the joyous experience. It's the beauty of all of it colliding together that makes it joyous. And it's not what we're sold. Like probably what a lot of you have heard us say is not what you've been sold as an American or in some other part of the world as what joy is. Because so often we're sold that joy is happiness and they're interchangeable. I do not believe that. Oh, no. No. I feel like, you know, happiness is um, a sunny day. Joy is an appreciation of all of weather. Yes, that's great. <laughs> it's, you that's know, great. it's a it's a love of the the stormy clouds and the rain and the beautiful sunshine and the snow. And I study all of it. I study Christ consciousness and that's so much of like what Jesus taught as when he ministered was about sacred joy. And what he ministered was that in every aspect of life, it's all there for a lesson and it's all a tapestry and that there is joy in everything. So I find it vastly interesting because so many high holy leaders across many multiple multiple religions and schools of thought teach about sacred joy. Yeah. And it's, it it ain't that just one sunny day, (laughs) y'all. No, it runs deeper. And like she said, it's like, if life is a tapestry, um, it's seeing the tapestry and falling in love with all of its, you know, colors. Um, And I think that for both of us, I could have fallen in, emptiness for me is the denial of the sacred joy that's available to me at any given time. Yes. It's the denial of the bad that, robs me of the good Mm -hmm. that one hit me real hard i'm gonna need you to talk for a minute i will talk for a minute that one got me yeah that one moved through i mean i can even feel it so (laughs) (laughs) um and that's it's so true And so we're hoping through our next portion of what we're going to talk about that we can help a lot of you get back into joy because there's always life things that are going to happen that can 
pull us seemingly into emptiness if we don't know how to harness our joy how to flow into what joy is like that tapestry we've been talking about because loss and life events or not feeling worthy those things can all make us feel empty and in a world that is ever connected I always say we're more disconnected now than we ever have been even though we have more access than we've ever had before yep. as human beings because often we hide behind um, a veil a veil and so let's pull that veil back and everyone is worthy of joy everyone yeah and Everyone. to understand it fully. So let's talk some action so to, to get you back into your joy. To begin this journey of really developing your relationship with joy, um, it, it, it's not about happiness, actually. <laughs> your, your first actionable item is to take your fear gremlins, your insecurities, your emotions, your good, your bad, your ugly, your whatever, Take it out for tea. Or a sandwich. Or a sandwich. <laughs> or as one of my clients said, I don't really like tea. I said, well, what do you like? She goes, well, I like Dr. Pepper. And I was like, then take them out for Dr. Pepper. Yep. <laughs> when you are feeling empty or loneliness or despondence, one day, remember that day? I yes. was feeling, I, could, I couldn't figure out what I was feeling. And I, I have this exercise that I teach my clients that I practice dropping into my body and like, where do I feel the emotion? I feel it in my belly. What is this saying? So I like tapped into the emotion in my body and I was like, what are you? I don't even know what you are. And this word trickled out of me despondent. And I didn't even know what the word meant, which was, she had to Google it. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I Googled it and I read it and I just started crying. Cause I was like, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> it was so funny. And so I, you know, I asked actually that emotion, what do you, what do you want or what do you need? What can I give you? And that's a different way of looking at our emotional state is how can I serve you? Emptiness, how, what can I give to you? How can I serve you to the highest? How can I support you? Instead of how can I get rid of you? How can I avoid you? How can I stuff you to the side? Emptiness. Would you like a positive blanket? A blanket of positiveness? Instead of emptiness just wants, you know, a warm cup of coffee or it just wants to sit and just stare. I asked my despondency what it wants. You know what it said? Uh, can you just take me out for lunch? <laughs> like, okay, me and my despondency are going And not lunch. feel guilty about it. Because I, I can tell you a thing as a mom yeah. on this. Because... Anybody who's a mom or a dad or a guardian or whatever, you take care of children. <laughs> and your child is, you know, you're going to this activity and that activity and you're doing this and you're reading the stories and you're doing the whole thing. And sometimes you have to check in with yourself that it's okay to not want touch for a moment because you can start to feel withdrawn, empty, numb if you're being over-touched, over-talked to. Sometimes you just need a moment of silence moment of ease of peace it's okay to take that time without feeling guilty because I know a lot of moms that have had to learn that they're like well I am I'm taking my 8 30 bubble bath when Sarah goes down to bed and then the baby's already in bed but you know I'm taking my bubble bath but I'm still feeling numb okay because you're feeling guilty taking time away from your husband to take that bubble bath when your kids are already in bed and you're feeling guilty and you're going right back into that same cycle. And I, what I also hear in that, which is I think is really important, is it is also okay to invite your kids to take a pause. Yes. If you are needing a pause and teach them what it is like in action to ask for what you need. If you ask for what you need in the moment with them, you're teaching them how to ask for what they need. And you're also teaching them how to respect your boundaries, which will help them in respecting other people's boundaries in the future and also learning what respective boundaries looks like for themselves. So there's a huge invitation there to like 
really feel what you need to feel. Oftentimes when you're feeling empty or when you're feeling the feels or anything that doesn't feel like good, (laughs) the last thing that you really want to do or feel like you want to do is get to the root of that feeling. But that's exactly what you need to do. You need to get to the root of it. And it's not about, you know, I want you to hear in my story with despondency, I took it out for lunch. And when lunch was over and we, I was just with despondence. Like I didn't try and where, where did you come from? Why are you here? Was this from a childhood trauma? I didn't any of that. I was just like, all right, despondence, we're here having lunch. And despondence was like, thank you. And we just ate and we just chilled. And I was in that feeling. I didn't try and read a book. I didn't try and distract myself. I didn't doodle. I didn't do anything. I was present with that feeling. I I tell you, right after lunch was over, I felt a thousand times better. It was almost like despondency was like, thanks for lunch have a good day, and then left. And I felt so much better. Because a part of what we don't realize is when we are present with our emotions, whatever they are, we're giving them space to be. And a lot of times when they be, it doesn't mean they go away completely. That gremlin doesn't go away completely or often as fast as we want it to. But it's going to be better because we're processing it not just through our mind, but through our entire body. And sometimes emptiness can look like overwhelm so last month i had tea with my overwhelm i had to have tea because i was stuck in my car on the highway on i-70 with my car broken down (laughs) okay so like and a whole like week leading up of overwhelm and then it just like it hit the tea and so i had to take the gremlin out for tea And my gremlin literally sat there and was like, hey, dude. And I'm like, hey, (laughs) okay, so we can either listen to what you have to say right now without needing to fix it or being judgmental at it and let you have say your piece and then see where we go from there. Or I can try to stuff you down again and see how much further we get down the road. Which at this moment, we're broken on the side of the highway. So maybe now's a good time. Maybe now's a good time. I was like, cool, let's do this. So any of my anxiety listeners, full-on panic attack. Highways, don't like them. Being stuck on the side of the highway, huge fear, which I then conquered, right? Because I had to sit there with my gremlin and my broken car. So that overwhelm, once I was talking to the gremlin inside me about it, it was just really saying, I just need to breathe for a minute. I need to acknowledge I have a lot going on and that everything's really actually awesome. I just have a lot going on. So I'm, I'm just feeling the feels. And I was like, oh, we're not actually empty, are we? No, there's actually some joy in it. Yeah. And my grandma was like, yeah, duh. I'm trying to like sit here and be like, okay, I know there's a lot on our plate, but there's also a lot of good to look at. Yes. So I learned in that moment. And what happened after that, after the tea? Car went to the shop. I got to go to work. Ta-da! Ta-da! Oh, and she asked for help because she called me and was like, hey, yes. can you come pick me up? And yes. I was like, sure, no problem. And also, hey, can you listen to me just cry before I figure out the tea with the gremlin? Yes. Because I just had a lot of emotions. Yeah, she called me and she was like, so my car broke down and, and then it, she burst <gasps> out in tears. And I was like, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And that's a part of what, when when we learn to give ourselves that space, we actually learn how to do it for the people in our lives. Because so often, we're, nobody nobody wants to be fixed. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. Nobody really wants it. I don't want you to fix, unless I'm like literally like, hey, you're a mechanic. I need you to fix my car. And I come to you because I need you to f- fix a particular problem I do not understand how to fix. People don't necessarily need or want to be rescued or fixed. Right. We just want to be heard and loved and mm-hmm. have people hold space for us without trying to change it, fix it, correct it, posify it, whatever. Positify it. That's not a word, but it is now. <laughs> it is a word. It's a codeism. <laughs> it's a codeism, right? So, so really think about that because as you really learn how to give yourself that, you actually let in more of the joy that lives in everything, right? Again, we're talking about this as a tapestry. The joy is the undercurrent that lives within all of life. When you allow yourself to feel all of the funk, you then get to start to experience the joy. It's okay to admit when you need help because 
you know, if you would ask me a year ago or so, I would have been like, no, I cannot feel those things on my own. I need support. So it is absolutely more than 100% okay to work with a life coach, work with a counselor, a counselor, work with a therapist, yes. work with, you know, a, a, a minister, a minister, whoever. somebody that you yep. feel like really can help support you in learning how to hold space for your emotions. Cause it can be, it can be a lot, but that will help you come back into joy and really understand the true meaning of joy. Right. So you like how our first step in feeling joy is to feel all the feels. Okay. Feel them. All right. Step number two is to hit pause and go play. So, okay, adults, okay? <laughs> Adulting. Remember when we were kids? Now, I know my daughter's generation is different, but we're not letting her do as much of the screen time stuff, but screens are a big part of kids' lives these days. Well, in my day, we came home with this when the street light came on. It's true. It is true. I grew up with a black and white TV. Yeah. Like... I built forts you know. in my living room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love forts. Still love forts. Every kid. I don't care how much screen time they love. Yes. They still love forts. Yes. Every kid. And every adult, too. And let me tell you that it's not just because I'm a teacher that teaches children that I like to play with my daughter. On her level, playing the things she likes, like Barbies and Legos and Play-Doh and Barbies and Legos and Play-Doh. Okay. <laughs> She's learning how to play school. That's really cool. That is but funny. anyway, I, I've witnessed so many adults and so many parents and teaching kids be like, mm, I just don't know how to play Barbies. I don't know. I, it's uncomfortable. And I'm always like, finding sacred joy is learning how to play. It's learning how to have fun let with go. all the little nuances of life. Your imagination isn't a bad thing. <laughs> You can right. you can have an imagination. Yes. You can play with it. In imagination, nothing is wrong. Right. Uh, that's the thing that I think we get so caught up in as adults is getting it wrong, doing it wrong, failing. Yes. You know, some version of oh, I'm you know gonna mess it all up. And that's that's not when you're in play, when you're in curiosity, like a kid, when you're just doing it because it's fun. You can feel like crap and still find joy. Like yes. You know, you, you can, you know, put on some music and grab a hula hoop and do the hula hoop and keep failing at it, but still have fun and laugh at yourself while you do it. I know a bunch of people on the hula hoop thing that have healed through hula hooping. I love hula hooping. Yes. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. I spin poi. The, yes. The poi is their balls of light that change color and it's a whole spinning thing. You can Google it. Anyway, I've spun poi for years. It's P-O-I. P-O-I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I still spin poi. Mm -hmm. And along with hula hooping. I, I hula hoop. A, yeah. I love hula hooping. Yes. And there's a whole culture around those things. So you can find other people, too, to connect with on some of these things. So if a hula hoop sounds cool, if balls of light spinning around your head sound cool, do it. Cool. Go do it. Go swimming. Play some video games. Visit a new city. What does play look like to you? And do you remember what the feeling of play is. Yes. Maybe it's not Barbies when you're 40, okay? <laughs> but maybe it's exploring this new city with no destination in mind, no place you have to be, no deadline to meet, and giving yourself the freedom to do that. And maybe if that sounds overwhelming, maybe it's just take, signing up for a baking class and learning how to bake pies, right? You have to begin somewhere, and playing is not Playtime is not having the answer. It's discovering the answer. Because did you know that you can feel like crap and find joy? That it's not just one or the other? It's not. It's not. Not at all. All right. And I think our next suggestion um, is one that we both find yes. very helpful. Very helpful in different ways. In very different ways. Mm -hmm. Get outside. Go outside. Go outside of your house or your <laughs> office or your car. Get your body either moving or just get in nature. Like nature mm -hmm. is so incredibly healing. They do this thing um, in Japan and it's like become a whole thing and it's called forest bathing. You go into a forest and you sit and you allow yourself to bathe in the forest. And what that really does is it sounds very wooey wooey, but there's actually a lot of science behind and they've done a lot of research behind 
um, a lot of the oxygen that's in forests is very clean and clear. And a lot of um, the energy of the space and the noises and the sounds, it actually calms our entire system where we live in fight or flight because of, you know, road noise and driving in the highway and getting frustrated in our society that's fear bent and fear mongering. But when we go out in nature, the sounds of the nature actually allow us to drop back into our body body, release, you know, the chemicals that allow us to actually take deep breaths. When then when we're taking deep breaths, we breathe in all that good, healthy oxygen, and it actually calms down our entire nervous system. Isn't that amazing? Just going outside and breathing. Just going outside and breathing. Because you don't have to, you can go for a walk and not have to have some profound experience. You don't. Just go for a walk and let it be as it is because physical activity too for some is very healing it is it helps your mind you know and it can be a light walk through nature they say that uh, after 15 minutes of walking your brain wave changes um so the chemicals in your brain actually change so if you are wanting to shift physiologically shift your mental and emotional state going for a walk is a really powerful tool um because it'll really help you Um, It's also really important to not necessarily spend the entire walk thinking about all the things you have to do and the laundry list and the worries and fears, but to become very mindful, pay attention to what are the trees and the leaves and the nature around you? You know, what does it look like? How does it feel? What, you know, is there joy to be found in it? Are the clouds really beautiful? Can you appreciate them? Those kinds of things. And I know for Cody and I, getting outside looks different to both of us. Yes. Because Cody is our deep woods gal, and <laughs> I am our city gal. So what does going outside in nature look like for you? So I live on 40 acres, um, and I love being outdoors. Um, I go for deep, deep, long hikes in the 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 trees and the what I feel like is the Missouri mountains which it really isn't it's just a ridge it does it feels like it to me it feels like Jurassic Park but we'll talk about me in a minute (laughs) but I actually love like seeing all the bugs seeing all the plants um it's springtime um and I like seeing all of the the buds and the the wildflowers burst out from the ground we what we Heather and I went for a walk uh early on a few years ago Um, we just when I just bought the property and I invited her out to kind of see it and and it happened to be fall and in fall there are these really 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 cool amazing looking spiders <laughs> I love how she said there are these really really, really cool, cool. now let's let's talk about this I am a city gal born and raised in the suburbs and inner city and I currently live in the suburbs slash inner city yeah um so I have an urban farm, so I have some chickens and a garden and those things, um, but we are in a pretty packed in block, mm-hmm. how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to go to parks that are in the middle of the city. If I can hear a train, traffic, maybe a plane taking off or landing at the airport, along with the sounds of a waterfall, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> so put me like on a trail in a park in Chicago or Denver or here in Kansas City in the city. And I just love it. I love that nature city thing. The other thing I don't, I I don't not like them. The thing that I like to be where they are and for me to be where I am are bugs. (laughs) And so when I went on this walk with Cody, she, I don't think you really knew my depth I did not, I did not know your depth of terror over the bugs. Right, because she knows I love animals and gardening. And and in the fall, these particular spiders like to create their webs right across the walking path. So I always walk with a walking stick because I clear out the spider webs or whatever. But I was like, oh, here's one of those spiders. Let me show it to you. It's really cool. And she she panicked on me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. That's okay. Everything's fine. Full-blown anxiety. <laughs> Full-blown. So you want to, so, wanna, so this, the, 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 the point of that is to find your version of nature. Yeah. People with limited mobility, um, things like fishing. Mm-hmm sitting out in your yard creating a you know a space or if you're in um a close-knit city say you're in new york city or you're in shanghai um having an outdoor little space whether that's a patio or um, somewhere you can be outside maybe have a little waterfall and some plants on your porch patio you can feel into 
what connecting with nature feels like and being outside. And and it really does help. I mean, I mean, as much as she was terrified of the bugs, she had an incredible experience at the land. Yeah, I connected with the water. I've been out there a couple times now, and um, Cody has a part on her property down by the water that I absolutely love. Oh, yeah, that's I right. We did. Water. We went and sat by the water. Yes, and we felt trees. I love to hug trees. Yep. And things like that. So while Cody and I shall probably never camp together in a tent... <laughs> That is not not part of our thing. Um, we do get to have things like that. Yes. And the great thing, too, in finding joy is finding your friends that help you discover new parts of you yes. or how to enjoy something that you may have thought, you know, the, that forest behind her house is just all bugs and they are scary and horrible, which part of that I still feel. But there's also other things that you can enjoy in that. Yeah. And I want you to also hear she also embraced all of her own feelings around it and was also able to find joy in it. Right. And our last one we're going to leave you guys with is to really understand the difference. And Cody and I have talked in a lot of a lot of podcasts about this. Understanding the difference between the voice of your ego or fear and your gut or your intuition. When we get quiet, we can hear if things are a hell yes or a hell no. Or... What is our soul trying to speak to us? Mm -hmm. And really, you can practice this by, you know, taking some time to get quiet. Getting quiet is probably one of the most powerful things you can do. Yes. Because A, it does force you to face yourself, <laughs> which can be a scary thing. Um, and the, the fear of silence isn't the thing that should keep you from silence, A. And B... It's also the place where we get to listen, where we get to hear. We spend so much of our time talking and asking and analyzing and thinking and processing, but we still spend very little of our time actually listening, listening for whatever the answer is, listening for the guidance. Um, so working with yourself, doing, I always like to, to guide my clients in a little meditation around you know, coming into the body, closing your eyes, putting your awareness within, like where, you know, where's your, where are your legs, where's your butt, what are you sitting on, where yep. are you at, where's your body, right, how's your breath, where's your belly, and then asking your body, what is, show me what a yes feels like, and really feeling that in your body, and then asking, you know, body, what does a no feel like, and really feeling that in your body, it actually allows you to understand that your intuition, your gut, you can even ask your intuition, intuition, show me what a yes feels like, you know, soul, show me what a yes feels like, show yourself. Those are some powerful ways for you to connect with that part of you so you can really hear and know the difference. And then once you hear and know the difference, it's taking the action on it to follow it and to not let your ego come in or the fear come in. I consider them often the same. <laughs> um, and override that. Yeah. Right. So your gut may be saying, nope, we don't need any other kind of job. We are just great. We're on a great path. We don't need, any, we don't need anything else right now. And the ego will step in and be like, nope, we will never have joy unless we have a Mercedes. We will never have joy unless you can make more money. And to make more money, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And your gut's like, mm, mm. that's a hard no. And the ego's like, but... But fear, death, scary, fire, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and so we often go to that other extreme, We right? go to the other place. So follow your gut, even when it's uncomfortable, and see where, see where it leads you. It's led me to a lot of great places, and it's led me into actual joy. Yeah, true joy. Yep. And then I think also, you know, this isn't really on our list of actionable items, but I, I'm going to kind of throw it out there and include it so you know, next, if you will, is maybe work on defining what joy is for you. Oh, absolutely. Because for me, I said it was peace and ease. Mm -hmm. And mine, I said it was reverence for all of life. Yeah. So really find a way for you to kind of maybe journal about joy. Mm -hmm. um, I did create a sacred joy, 30 days to sacred joy um, kind of experiment where in it, I guide you through on how to process 
around joy, how to redefine joy, how to look at joy. And in it are a ton of really great videos and really great journal prompts if that's something that you feel called to do. Or just write about what does joy mean to you? What does joy look like? How does it show up in your life? Those are some really great things for you to do. And we will be talking more about joy this week um, or this month. Next, next video is going to be on how to spread joy actively, how to be an active participant of joy. And I think that's, that's so important because when we get into what joy means for us individually, remembering that, well, my kids make me joyful or my wife makes me joyful or the earth makes me joyful. That's, that's, we need to get into, but what is the deeper part of joy? Yeah. And so in active joy, it is spreading it to others. Yep. Absolutely. Well, if you have enjoyed this episode, please like it. Please share it with somebody, especially someone who maybe you feel like is struggling with emptiness or challenges around joy. Um, please share this with them. That's really, we created this because we have learned so much about joy. We just really wanted to share it with the world. Absolutely. And we would love for you to consider supporting us in all that we do with a small monthly donation to help us sustain our future episodes yep. and come up with even more content for you guys. And if there's ever content that you want more deep diving into, please feel free to send us a message and let us know because we would love to have your feedback. Absolutely. Um, and give you exactly what you want. So if you want to support us, you can do that at anchor.fm slash sassysoulsisters slash support. And if you're needing more support, if you're needing support on how to bring joy into your life uh, or bring it up in your life, yes, we do do sassy soul sessions. You yeah. get both Cody and I um, and our various expertises. Yes. And we do sessions together uh, just for you, tailored to whatever you're needing. Yep. So please reach out if you're needing more support. And there is a link below that you can book that that's in the description as well. So... Well, thank you so much, and we hope that you got so much from today. Please like and follow us on wherever you podcast, on Instagram at sassy.soulsisters, and on Facebook at Sassy Soul Sisters. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Sassy Soul Sisters podcast. Your place for exploring the inner soul healing in its many forms. Make sure to check us out on Facebook as the Sassy Soul Sisters. On Instagram as sassy.soulsisters. And on our website, www.sassysoulsisterskc.com. And as always, keep, keep it sassy, sassy and, and heal out loud. loud.